The Word of God is living. It is powerful, infallible, indestructible, incorruptible, and it will work mightily in me. And now, your host, Pastor Jerry Maya Williams, from the service already in progress. This man, his life was rifled with immorality. His life did not conform to the Bible. This man did not recognize God. He didn't even recognize the need for repentance unto God. He didn't recognize that he could ask God for forgiveness. In fact, he said publicly he had never asked for forgiveness. Yet there were false prophets in the name of the Lord prophesying that this man would be reelected. But I'm telling you, God has the last say. God has the last say. Glory to God. Many of these false prophets did not apologize. Many of these false prophets did not repent. Many of these false prophets, instead of repenting, they want to justify their false prophecy. They want to explain it away. But if you prophesy a future event and it doesn't come to pass, then God says that makes you a false prophet because you didn't speak the word of the Lord. You spoke presumptuously. You spoke because you thought there was something in it for you. Maybe the tax cuts that this man offered was favorable to you and your business. Maybe this man was your champion to keep your ministry going to keep your church afloat. And I'm telling you, if you speak presumptuously in the name of the Lord, it will not come to pass if God didn't say it. Glory to God. These people were false prophets. You know who they are. I can call their names. And many of you have supported their ministries. Many of you have sent them money. Some of you may still be sending them money, but the Bible says they're false prophets. I didn't say they were false prophets. The Bible says they're false prophets. And because the Bible says they're false prophets, I too call them false prophets. Prophesying that somebody is going to be reelected because God said it. God's going to send angels from Brazil, send angels from Africa to make it happen. False prophets who will laugh at the news that God's appointed person won the election, false prophets laughed at that in order to protect their own false prophecies. I am telling you, God says, he asked the question, the people asked the questions in their hearts, how shall we know them? How shall we know them? God says if they speak a thing and it doesn't happen, it doesn't come to pass, then they have spoken presumptuously. And I have not spoke to them. They're not speaking my words. So what is a false prophet? A false prophet is someone who intentionally prophesies with an agenda that's not God's agenda. Let me say that again. A false prophet is someone who prophesies an agenda that's not God's agenda. In the book of Numbers, chapter 22, you'll find where Balak, the king of Moab, 
He was concerned about the Israelites after they came out of Egypt. There were, they were great in number. And he was concerned that the Israelites would become a people more numerous and mighty than the Moabites. So Balak sent for Balaam, Balaam the prophet, because he heard that Balaam could curse these people. And then he could continue with his agenda. Balaam came. He came to Balak. He came to curse the children of Israel. But you'll find in Numbers chapter 22 and chapter 23 that you cannot curse what God has blessed. You can only bless what God has blessed. Balaam was a prophet for her. Balaam was motivated by personal financial gain. Balaam was motivated by fame. Because Balak promised him that I will promote you to great honor if you come and curse these people. I will give you great reward and I will promote you to great honor if you come and curse these people. And I'm telling you that Balaam was a false prophet. Any prophet that's motivated by money, any prophet motivated by personal fame is a false prophet. And I'm telling you, there's too much Baalism going on in the church among preachers and prophets. Too much Baalism. And I'm telling you, they're false prophets. And the question is, how can we know? How can we know? Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, verse 15, he says, beware of false prophets. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing. But inwardly, they're nothing more than raven wolves. I need to understand how false prophets come. They don't come with an outright lie. They come with a lie that's cloaked with thus saith the Lord. They come with a lie that God said when God hasn't spoken. Jesus said, beware of false prophets. He says, they're false prophets. He says, beware of them because they'll come to you in sheep clothing. What is sheep clothing? A false prophet will walk like a sheep. A false prophet will talk like a sheep. A false prophet will dress like a sheep. The false prophet will come with a semblance of holiness, a semblance of sanctification, will come with a semblance of honor. But inwardly, they're nothing more than raving wolves. In other words, their agenda, their objective is to prey upon the people of God, to prey upon your wool, to prey upon your property, to prey upon your resources. And Jesus says, beware of those false prophets. Now, if there weren't going to be false prophets in the land, why would the Lord tell us to beware of them? And he's telling us they come in stealth. In other words, they come under the radar. And a lot of Christians don't have any spiritual radar. In other words, they don't have any spiritual discernment. And they're taken by false prophets. And those false prophets came to take your wool. They came in sheep clothing. It's interesting to me how many, so, so many false prophets and preachers, they dress more like a pimp than they do a, a pastor or a prophet. They got the look. 
They got the jewelry. They got all the trappings. Driving in high-scale luxury cars. Rings on the finger. Rolex watches on the wrist. The finest clothing. And people look at that rather than looking at the inward person. You see, they judging people from the outer appearance and not judging them for what's really in their heart. But Jesus said, beware of those false prophets. Even though they come to you in sheep clothing, they're nothing but raving wolves. So a false prophet is not going to come like a wolf. He's going to come disguised as a sheep so that he can ravage you and prey upon you like a wolf would. Glory to God. So what is the agenda of false prophets? What is the agenda? Huh? Usually, a false prophet's agenda is money, fame, or power. Let me say it again. The agenda of a false prophet is usually money, fame, or power. I'll never forget one night, one snowy night, my oldest daughter and I went to a special crusade meeting in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And there was a preacher there, I won't call his name, but he was a staff member at one of the preachers who had a mega church who was known internationally. And he came and he sold that to the congregation that was there hearing him that night. And he preached a pretty good message. It was the milk of the word. Usually prophets don't get too deep. Because they're all about the money, the fame, and the power. Preach a pretty good word, but it was the milk of the word. Then it came for the offering. This man began to tell the people that he not only served on the staff of this famous preacher of this mega church, but he also lived down the street from this man who was the pastor, famous man of a mega church. He was just trying to establish all of his bona fides that the people should revere him like they revered his pastor who was a great mega leader of a mega church. Then doing the offering. It's offering time. So I took out a $20 bill I was going to sow in the offering. Back then, that was a lot of money. Huh? And that's not very much money now, but back then, that was a lot of money. I took out a $20 bill, and my daughter's sitting beside me. Then this man said, the Lord said, he want everybody in here to give an offering. And I think he said something like $353, some odd figure. Nobody got in the line. Then he kept pushing it and, and saying, the Lord said there's at least 10. And he waited. And people, one by one, began to get in the line. Before that 10th person got in the line, I looked at my daughter and said, listen, I'm putting my money back in my pocket. Let's go to Taco Bell. Let's take this money and go to Taco Bell and buy some tacos. And we left. Why? Why? That person was operating. If he wasn't a false prophet, he certainly was operating as a false prophet. Where in the Bible does God tell you to give a certain amount of money? He tells you to honor him with his tithe. He tells you to give offerings as, as you purpose in your heart. 
Where in the Bible does God call $100 lines, $1,000 lines? I'm telling you, this is the agenda of false prophets. It's all about money. It's all about fame. It's all about having power over you. You might as well say, man, I'm going to bring this thing out. The Lord said in Jeremiah 29, verse 29, for they prophesied falsely to you in my name. I have not sent them, said the Lord. How many people have received a prophecy, a personal prophecy, and the prophecy was given to you falsely in the name of the Lord, but the Lord had not sent them. And you didn't have enough discernment to know that. Why do you need a personal prophecy? Why do you need a personal prophecy? When God is speaking to us in these last days, he's speaking to us by his son. Thank you, I have water. He is speaking to us by the son. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice and they follow me and I know them. Glory to God. So why do you need a personal prophecy? You need a personal prophecy because you don't have a personal relationship. See, if you had a personal relationship with God, you wouldn't need a personal prophecy. Glory to God. You wouldn't need anybody to be doing no foretelling in your life. But what you need is foretelling. You need to be edified. You need to be exhorted. You need to be comforted. You need to be warned. This is what you need to hear. Glory to God. And we need to continue to look to Jesus. Now, I want to give you some warning signs of false prophecy. Warning signs. Warning signs. False prophets. How shall we know them? Let me give you some warning signs. Number one. False prophets preach a gospel of prosperity for personal gain. There is no such thing in the Bible as the gospel of prosperity. The gospel of prosperity is designed for the false prophet to prosper, not you. There's only one gospel that Jesus preached, and that was the gospel of the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's the gospel that we must be committed to preach. Anybody preaching a gospel of prosperity, and usually the message goes this way. If you give me X amount of dollars, here's what God will do for you. Huh? Isn't it interesting that the false prophets preaching prosperity? Nobody's prospering but them. Many people in their churches and the congregations are, are, are poor, without transportation, without food on the table in their homes. But yet the preacher keep prospering. Let me tell you something. True prosperity is like a boat. It's like a boat. That, that, it's like a tide, rather, that lifts all the boats and not just one boat. Did you hear what I said? True prosperity is not coming upon one person, but it never seems to find its way to others. That's a false prophet that preaches the gospel of prosperity because the objective is his, he or she's hidden agenda is personal gain. Glory to God. A false prophet preaches to glorify self. And they minimize 
the truth of the Bible. I've seen some prophets that can move in prophecy, move in the word of knowledge, move in some other gifts of the spirit, give people personal prophecies. Then when it's time for the word of God to come forth, they're just as shallow as they want to be. And sometimes they, they'll skip the message altogether. They'll minimize the Bible because it was all about them. They were the show or no show. A lot of preachers are like that. They're either going to be the show or they won't be a show. So it's all about self. It's all about glorifying self and minimizing the Bible. False prophets will refuse to call out sin in order not to offend. Let me say that again. We're living a day and a time where people will not call sin, sin. We need to understand that if we're going to be true ministers of God, we must call a sin, sin, and not gloss it over with something that's more acceptable, if you will. Now, when I say you got to call out sin, I am not talking about judging people and telling folk they're going to go to hell. That is not the gospel, neither is the spirit of grace. But we got to call sin, sin. If you're running around having an affair with somebody that's not your spouse, that's sin. And you can't call it anything else. There was a situation in the church of Corinth, 1 Corinthians chapter 5, where a young man was having an affair with his father's wife. And Paul had to rebuke the church because the church never calls sin, sin. Paul ended up delivering, telling the church, giving them instruction. You take such a one, you take that young man in that adulterous affair, you take him, deliver him over to Satan for the destruction of his flesh, that his spirit might be saved in the day of the Lord. When we call out sin, it is not to make people feel bad. It's not to humiliate them. It is not to destroy them. It is to offer them the grace of God so that they can be built up in God. Forgiven, reconciled, and built up in God. But we got to call sin, sin. Now, because I'm not going to preach against sin, see, I'm not called to preach against sin. I'm called to preach the answer to sin. Come on. I am called to preach the answer. But how can I preach the answer if I refuse to recognize what a sin is? Huh? A false prophet won't preach repentance. Why won't they preach repentance? They want to make the gospel more palatable. They don't want to offend nobody. Listen here. We got to proclaim the gospel. And we should not be concerned about who it convicts. How do you think 3,000 souls came into the church on the day of Pentecost? Because Peter preached repentance. Peter preached the Holy Ghost anointed message of repentance. And they were pricked in their hearts. When you preach repentance, people ought to be pricked in their hearts. Some not afraid to preach repentance. But false prophets are. Because they just want to make everything more palatable, more acceptable. Beloved, if the word hits you, just holler, ouch. Huh? If the word find you, just lift your hands and say, Lord, here am I. 
Come on, somebody. We can't water this thing down. Huh? False prophets glory in their gifts more than the giver of the gifts. And they glory in their gifts to prophesize false visions out of the deceit of the hearts. Jeremiah 14, verse 14 tells us that. Jeremiah 14, verse 14 tells us that those false prophets, they glory in their gifts more than God. And they do that to prophesy lies and false visions. And they do that out of deceits of their own heart. False prophets, the hearts are filled with deceit. False prophets prophesy out of their own imagination. They just think of stuff. And they'll prophesy. And the stuff they're thinking of, they think that's going to be bait on your hook. And they want to reel you in like a big fish. Hello, somebody. So they prophesy out of their own imagination to con and trick folk like a fox in the desert. And that's what Ezekiel chapter 13 verse 4 tells us. False prophets are like a fox in the desert. Now fox in the desert. A fox is cunning. A fox will try to trick his prey. A fox in the destruction of the desert in the midst of whatever's going on in the desert, his objective is to destroy his prey. And that's why he's called a fox. He's slick. He'll con you. He'll trick you. Trick you out of all your money. Hello, somebody. But God says they only prophesy out of their imagination. They're prophesying what you want to hear rather than what God said. You see, I don't turn the gifts on and off like a light switch. If God doesn't say it, I can't say it. If God don't speak it, then it shouldn't be said. You don't make up stuff and say, thus said the Lord. You're just like a fox in the desert. Just a con man or woman. Just a trickster. In closing, false prophets. How shall we know them? How shall we know? If you don't know after this message, you're either dull of hearing or you're blind. But a false prophet would draw people to themselves. They'll introduce confusion in your life and it'll lead to deception every time. Romans chapter 16 verse 18 tells us that. That's what false prophets are all about. They're not about drawing people to Christ. They're about drawing people to themselves, getting you all confused. And then before you know it, you're in deception. Huh? Beloved, whatever you do, beware of false prophets. Beware of false prophets. We saw a real magnification of false prophets here in our country when it came to the presidential election. And many of these so-called evangelical Christians, evangelical prophets and preachers, they all got it wrong. They got it wrong. Why? They were speaking presumptuously. They were speaking with a hidden agenda. They were speaking out of the imagination of their own minds. Laying hands on a corrupt person, prophesying that this corrupt person 
would be reelected when God raised up the conscious and he heightened the awareness of so many million others and said, I have not chosen this one. I have not chosen this. But I do raise up folk, God says, and then I set them down. But I have not chosen this one. And we didn't have enough, many Christians didn't have enough discernment to see that. Glory to God. And they'd rather choose a man who is the antithesis of everything about God, spirit of God, character of God, rather than choose a man who professes God, who goes to church regularly, huh? who prays. But they want the other one. Give us Barabbas rather than Jesus. And this is what false prophet says. Give us the immoral one rather than the man with godly character. Let us pray. False prophets, Lord, how shall we know them? I pray you open, Father, open our eyes and our hearts. God, touch our spirits to be discerning of truth. Help us know the false versus the real. And you've told us how we would know. You told us how we would know who is the false prophet. And God, if they would prophesy and it doesn't come to pass, maybe they made a mistake. Maybe they prophesied out of ignorance. But if so, Father, I, I pray they would repent. They would own up to the things they've said, the things they ministered. They would humble themselves. And then we could accept them because we're forgiven people. But when a person speaks presumptuously out of the imagination of their own hearts, out of the deceit of the hearts, and Lord, they don't repent when it doesn't come to pass. They don't humble themselves and say, I miss God. Then Lord, we know that's a false prophet. And I pray, Father God, there will never be a false fiber in our spiritual bodies. But we will all be committed to truth we all will be committed to the fact that the same way you spoke to the fathers by the prophets in the Old Testament, you speak to us by the Son under the new covenant. For you know your sheep. Your sheep will hear your voice. You know them. And you know they will follow you. Help us to be Christ followers. Help us to follow the voice of the Lord Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Glory to God. Be encouraged. Be encouraged. Don't fall for the okie doke. Don't be sucked in by the false prophet. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Love God. Love God with all your heart. Love yourself. Then love your neighbor as yourself. And remember... God's given every one of you a measure of faith. But faith works by love. Walk in love and have faith in God.
Join us Sunday at Agape Word Fellowship, where Dr. Jerry Maya Williams is your pastor, proclaiming a life-changing message of the agape love and power that God is. For more information, log on now at www.agapeword.net. 1430 South New Hope Road, Agape Word Fellowship.